start recording. Go into Instagram. And this always happens when I get delayed. So let's try that one more time. Okay, my connection. And we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. Hopefully everything is well here on this beautiful and gorgeous Tuesday. Tech Tuesday, episode 167, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, which is great. Over three years of this interaction with each and every one of you, from the very first episode when I had two people, <laughs> to fast forward to today. Hello, Ghost16. Good seeing you indeed. Hello, Lindsay, keeping the fort down over there in Ontario. Heath Manson. Yes, I saw the new GD3. It's absolutely spectacular. Hello, Ferens, the WIF881. Good seeing you. Good afternoon, FC Chase. Car Geek, greetings indeed. RVA Detailer, thank you so much for joining. Alan, blessings to you as well. What up, Trevor Battles? Hello, Louis Octane Olivas. King MHB, thank you so much for joining. Hello, Antonio Ristaldo. Good afternoon to you as well, Williams. Yo, Matt LV, thank you so much for joining. I love all of you. You know, it's great. Miles, good seeing you. You asked a question, why do I prefer turbos or superchargers and why? I talked about that last Tech Tuesday, so you may want to go and take a look at that. But in a nutshell, I love turbocharging because of its flexibility. I love supercharging in the rare occasions where I may have some heat issues, where it's kind of difficult to remove things around or eliminate creature comforts. The main thing is that turbochargers use wasted energy and doesn't have any parasitic losses and allow us the opportunity to get more flexible with having power based upon gear or speed, while superchargers are directly cogged to the crankshaft, and we don't have that advantage, eh? So that being said, if you want something that is immediate, that feels like a big natural aspirated engine, supercharger way to go, especially if you do have packaging issues, but otherwise, turbocharging allows, more, allows a lot more flexibility and efficiency. Thank you so much, Louis. Appreciate the kind words, and thank you so much for joining me today. Um, <laughs> Trevor says just get more displacement. Yes, but boost helps especially if in elevation or if you want to make a smaller platform behave like a larger one, guess what? You can do that with supercharging. It makes and, and force induction. You can make a four cylinder behave like a V6, a V6 behave like a V8, and a V8 behave like a V10. And a V10 just go bananas, right? So you can do fun things. My pleasure indeed, Miles. So Louis Octane, thank you so much once again. Hello, 13 Pedro Reese 12. Thank you so much for joining indeed. And Yes, I'm here in an undisclosed location. I promise, guys, next week I'll share with you guys where I am. But right now, I'm in a green room doing some crazy filming, and I want to take time out to spend time with all of you, my family, which is great, you know? Um, the, we never got an answer for BC versus the world. What, is, what are you speaking of, Alan? I have no idea. I know that Spoonigan is doing some stuff, but I have no plans for me versus the world yet, you know? And Car Geek gives me a perfect segue into why I want to talk to all of you, my family, today. Cargi says, not a fan of electric cars, but love your Porsche builds. So thank you so much, Cargi 63 And if you and I had that discussion, let's say two years ago, I'll be saying the exact same thing to you. I'll be saying the exact same thing of, I don't care about EVs at all. And that was two, literally just two years ago, which is ridiculous, right? So that being said, um, man, it's just such a big difference between a couple years ago to now. And I'll share with you why that's the case. So just like a regular petrol head, which I was diehard, small displacement, big turbos, or crazy NA setups, big cylinders, 
multiple cylinders. I was all about that life and had no interest in EVs. I thought that electric cars were for tree huggers, um, had no soul. Not that I experienced it. I just heard from people telling me and I just believed in it. I went along with it. Um, I had this mindset that EVs were even dirtier than gasoline. I just heard all this, that people had them wore hemp sandals. I was not interested in that at all, that they weren't fun. But I noticed that the OEMs started focusing more on those. And I, I felt as a tuner, as a builder, I really need to embrace this technology. And I had some influences from Ian, who's a great guy, Ian Scott. Um, he's just this amazing individual who showed me his electric 912. And I spoke a little bit to Michael Bream and then spoke to um, uh, Andrew Daud, who was from Karma at the time. And so I talked to all these people and you know, Kevin says they don't have a soul, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. And Kevin's my friend. When I drove the first one we built, and I had a little inkling with that with the Acura NSX, where it was a combination between EV electric motors, three of them, combined with petrol um, twin turbos. And I had the opportunity to experience that. And like, hey, there's something about the torque. There's something about the launch on the on NSX where it's beating cars with much more power, with 200 horsepower or more. And even though it's just a 500 horsepower setup, and I thought there was something else going on here. So I proceeded to build this K3V, and the first time I drove it, guys, I'm telling you, I almost urinated on myself. It was, it was absolutely amazing, the torque. And once again, as a performance person, it's all about acceleration and getting fast, and it was absolutely, you know, it was, it was just great. And it's just, it's just amazing. And... As I drove the K3V, I, I came across something that was very shocking, guys. Like, really shocking. I felt this weird connection to the road. Like, I could hear the pebbles on the fender wheel. I could hear the tires more. I got better feedback. Almost like all these years, the exhaust noise and vibration was dampening my connection to the tarmac. And the funny thing is that, as I think about as I thought about it more, mine wasn't quiet. So that soul people say didn't have... This had it because it has that supercharger whine. And you look down, oh my God, you're doing 100 miles an hour. It's amazing. So what does that mean, net-net? I, I really appreciate petrol engines. And I always had that guilt. That's why most of my cars, and Kevin, you know this, most of my cars are on E85 because I always had that guilt about putting pollutants into the atmosphere with my, my regular petrol and gasoline and race gas. So E85 kind of satisfied that need to, to some extent. And the fact I live in California, there's so crazy legislation around what you can and cannot do with cars. So now the EV stuff, it's fast, ridiculously fast. has an amazing sound because it's like this wine, supercharger wine, which is mechanical and, and great. I can actually have a conversation inside my K3V. I like the, my twin turbo cars. You can hear the person next to you. It's pretty loud. And I don't have to worry about emissions. And it's really, really fast. A 600 horsepower car actually can go faster than an 800 horsepower petrol car, which is crazy, right? So I'm actually going to do this experiment. Hopefully I'll, I'll have this opportunity to get approved where I want to take a, like a, a low horsepower, like a 200 horsepower EV, pit it towards a 200 horsepower electric, uh, no, gasoline car and see what is much more efficient, what's faster, which would be amazing, you know? And, and you think about it, you know, everyone is embracing this. It's cleaner. It's fun. Net-net, guys, it's fun. And I don't expect you to believe anything I'm saying because... I was the same way back in the day, a couple years ago. But I'm telling you, ever since I built the K3V, 
and I'm building much more EV cars, it is, I'm sold. It's like, I, I, I've drank the Kool-Aid and I, I can't amazing. So, um, Charlie, wish I asked you, can I buy the t-shirt I'm wearing? So, yes, I'm going to have these available soon in limited supply. So, please pay attention here and on the Beast Motor YouTube feed. I'll have this and many, I have so many t-shirts. I'm looking at quite a few here. So many designs that would be pretty nice. So, can we appreciate horse racing and can we appreciate petrol cars? Absolutely. Um, can EV be amazing? Yes, they can. Do they have soul? Absolutely. The one thing that is a challenge for all of us, guys, you and I, is that a lot of OEM manufacturers who build EVs kind of build them to be very mundane. They're quiet. Then they pump in artificial noise. And they're not a lot of fun. A lot of them are not even great to look at. But from a performance perspective, when you build a really cool-looking car and it's electrified properly and it's on a performance arena, I'm telling you, nothing touches. It's amazing. And it's not quiet. If, if you guys don't believe this, um, uh, is horsepower for EV kilowatt hour? No. Kilowatts, yes, is a unit of energy uh, or power that you can use for calculating. And you can easily transfer it to horsepower because there's a, there's a calculation for that as well. When you hear kilowatt hour, people typically refer to the battery storage. So you can have a, like in my case, a 475 kilowatt power plant, right? And you can have a 32 kilowatt hour battery pack. So that's, that's the deal. Hello. Um, yeah, Kevin is right. Not all of them are for miles per, per hour. Hello, DJ Ramaroff. Um, Not miles per gallon. Uh, performance EVs are a thing and fun. And it's my goal. It's my passionate goal to bring that to the masses. I want to be able to bring, provide performance EVs where they're fun, quick to charge, exciting, clean, make great sounds, like natural, not artificial. I hate artificial... OEMs, I know what I say doesn't make any sense, but that whole pumping of artificial sounds, I don't like. There are two things about EVs I don't like, okay? Two things. One, manufacturers make building boring cars that are not exciting and they have to put artificial sound. I don't like that at all. Secondly, when we try and make EV motors look like gasoline motors, that's not my thing either. Gasoline petrol engines have their own beauty and they're very technical and they look mechanical and that's great. EV motors have their own look as well, which is very technical and amazing and, and have their own architecture, which should be embraced. We shouldn't make gasoline motors look like electric. We should make electric motors look like gasoline. It doesn't make any sense, you know, which is pretty interesting. So that being said, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my take on that. Uh, Dyson Fever says, let's say you had a 350 horsepower NAK24. How much more reliable are they compared to boosted? Well, think about it. Go back to the basics of engines and how they work. Really, the basics, right? Engines are nothing but energy converters. So you take chemical energy that's in the air, oxygen, 21%, combine that with fuel. You combust that, and now you're taking the chemical energy and combining, turning it into heat energy because you're not combusted. And now that combustion creates gases that expand, a lot of heat, and that does work on the top of the piston, pushing it down. And that being said, you're now turning you know, that, that heat energy into mechanical energy. Whenever you're creating more power, you're either doing that by creating more heat, by pushing that down into the combustion chamber and creating opportunities for more mechanical energy. So to answer your question properly, to answer it impeccably well, whenever you turbocharge, you create a lot more heat. And creating that heat can, if not set up properly, can lead to some slight reliability issues, if not harnessed properly. Now, 
If you're trying to go turbocharging versus NA, NA you're only dealing with atmospheric pressure, 14.7 PSI, atmospheric pressure, one atmosphere, one bar. You're not putting a lot of stress into it. When you increase more boost, you're putting more stressors and more heat. Now, how about if you're looking at a 200 horsepower boosted versus 200 horsepower NA? If you look at, look at how the pressure builds up in the, sister, in the system in the cylinder, the turbocharged buildup is a little more gradual than that of a boost of an NA setup, which is a little bit more, how should I say, peak. <laughs> so for the same amount of power, there are many instances where the turbocharging is much easier on parts because you're not using much, you're not pushing much in, versus an NA setup, which has created the same power using atmospheric pressure. There's a lot more you have to do, higher compression, a, closer, a smaller tuning window, all that fun stuff. So net-net, for the same power within lower regions, a turbocharged engine could be much easier. In higher power regions, definitely turbocharging can be much crazier, but NA, it's tough. Put it, put it for example, a K24 400 horsepower NA is a lot more stress inside than a 400 horsepower boosted K24, just to give you an example. Hmm? Electric Classic Mini says, do you think that the OEMs will provide kits to relieve their old cars or to convert all the diesels they want to sell? No. It's not very cost, you know, advantageous to do that. I, I feel that OEMs will end up, there. It's, it's more cost advantageous to liquidate those older cars at a lower cost than to convert them all. Or to provide partnerships with companies like yours or ourselves to help provide that. For an OEM to retool to convert other cars to EV can be quite expensive. And I don't think it's a path that it'll go down. Not based upon my, you know, experience. Hello, Zero EV UK. Good seeing you. Hope all is well. Um, what do you need to convert an internal combustion engine into an EV car? Quite a few things, you know. Um, yes, and Zero EV makes a good point. Yeah, the liability is massive. So that being said, it won't be ideal. Um, well, first you have to get rid of everything like I did on this one. All the petrol stuff, you have to get rid of all the uh, emissions equipment, charcoal canisters, gas tank, fuel system, all that fun stuff. And then the key components... Very in a simplistic manner is you need the battery, which is the I feel is the power source for everything. It's kind of be all end all for all EV conversions. You need a motor, an inverter, and then ideally a controller to control everything and to keep everything very happy. It's extremely important to have a better battery management system. Now I've seen a lot of cars come to our facility that are converted that didn't have a battery management, but I'm a huge advocate of fail safes, whether it's on my petrol life or playing around with EVs. And part of that fail-safe system is to make sure your batteries are balanced and there's a good feedback mechanism in the event that you have challenges with, let's say, charging or discharging that you don't put your batteries into a thermal runaway situation or something that could be quite far from advantageous or dangerous, you know, which is really good. Charlie Willis says, thoughts on synthetic fuel looking into the future. Well, I think that's a very good thing. I know that Porsche is doing some great things, so is British Petroleum, in terms of trying to find some kind of biomass-based or pure synthetic fuel that burns much cleaner. That, I feel, can extend the appeal for petrol-based engines. But to be completely honest with you, looking at where the manufacturers, all the OEMs are focusing a lot of their resources, it's very painfully obvious that OEMs are going towards the EV route. Every month, every quarter, every year, battery technology is improving. Cells are becoming more dense in terms of energy and also in terms of power. 
charge times are decreasing. They're finding more ways of improving cathode and anode um, materials to use materials that are not as challenging to the environment and are easier to find. Things are improving rapidly. Think about it. Petrol cars have had a 100-year head start over gasoline engines. I mean, over electric, electric motors, sorry. Petrol engines have over a 100-year head start. So it's amazing how quickly the EV world is improving. And once again, I have very little interest, honestly, in just EVs that get you from point A to point B. I am really interested in the performance arena. That's my, that's my take. That's really what I want to do. JKEN5482, my day is going quite well. Um, I'm happy, I'm safe, I'm healthy, which is great. I'm away from the facility. I'm in an undisclosed location, which hopefully I can disclose with you guys sometime next week. We're doing some filming. Um, and so I'm in the, when I say green room, even though it's not a green room, but it's our green room for, of sorts, which is very nice. And you're absolutely correct. Damn STITEL, STITEL. Technology is improving, and that's one thing that's a constant. Technology always continues. It never, ever, ever stops, which is interesting, you know? How do you feel about California not selling petrol cars by 2035? Thanks to Newsom, says Mark and company. I think it's inevitable. So if you look at Europe, I think this is where zero EV is. Um, they've already led the charge in allowing that opportunity to happen. In China, same thing. EVs are ruling and just being the way to go. I think it's a great thing. Now, what Newsom did, I think is fantastic. But think about it this way. Some of that has been misconstrued to some extent. He is not banning all petrol cars. If you have a petrol car already in your arsenal, you can keep it. Used petrol cars can still be sold in California at 2035. You can buy cars from out of state that are petrols. Just as a new manufacturer, new car manufacturer, and California is a huge market, an amazing market. California could be a country by itself if it wasn't part of the United States. That's how huge it is as an economy. You can still buy used petrol cars and cars from out of state. But if you want to sell new cars as Ford, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, Mitsubishi, Porsche, if you're going to sell new cars in California, it has to be EV. Think about the time, if you live in California, when we had a shutdown, a massive shutdown early last year. You see how clean our air was? It was absolutely beautiful. I enjoy that. So at a point where we can have vehicles and commuters and fun cars where emissions are not a problem, we don't put oxides of carbon and sulfur into the atmosphere. We don't have all these greenhouse gases emitted. And we can still have a lot of fun. I welcome that. And the fact that it sounds good is great too. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, EVs have a great side. Dave Martin, who's Dave Martin is here? He's heard the car itself. I think he's even driven it. But it has this, it's, it's just its own amazing sound. And guys, I don't expect you to even believe me. I, I, I hear you so much. But for me, I, I just, I love it. And I was so against it. I, I refused. I remember my good friend David Little came by with his Tesla and said, Bishi, drive my Tesla Model S. And I said, no. I absolutely refused to drive it, which is pretty crazy, you know? So it's just, it's just absolutely amazing. <laughs> it sounds like something from outer space. Yeah, it does sound like something from outer space. But it's a natural sound, as David says. Totally natural, you know? Besides Tesla, in your opinion, what other manufacturer exists or is good? Um, what's that EV sound again? Says Relentless Racing. <laughs> I didn't quite get your question, um, Louise, but try to test in your opinion. What other manufacturer? Um, what makes the sound? Says West Coast Alex. So here's the thing. The current application that I have in my vehicle um, has a three-phase 
um, electric setup. And then you have these gears that exist where there's actually a reduction in gears that go from the electric motor that turns to a gear se section that then goes to a transaxle. What you're hearing is that gear set is what you tend to hear. And I didn't want to dampen it or cover it. As a matter of fact, with the cabin where you sit in the K3V versus the engine compartment or motor compartment, it's completely open. So I want to pump that noise into the compartment because I, I just love it. It's pretty nice, you know? How about the new Porsche GT3? Eric, I would do you a great favor, Eric G. Posta. I will do what I can to try and get a GT3, a 2021 992 GT3 to review. Because the way that thing looks and the specs on that look amazing. Porsche has done a great job in really closing the gap between street and track. And I cannot wait to get my hands on that car. So it'd be fantastic, you know? So, Alan is saying, is EV good for the environment? I've heard that it's not good for the environment. Is that true? No. Um, there is a movie that I watched not too long ago about who killed the electric car. And I don't want to turn this into a political show because that's what I'm about here. But it was painfully obvious that the big oil really put some articles out there and did a good job in marketing EVs being a bit of a detriment to the environment, especially on batteries, which is kind of silly because if you think about it, even petrol cars use batteries. The cell phone I'm using to communicate with uses batteries. Laptop uses batteries. You have all these things that use batteries. Anyway, long story short, no. I have reduced my carbon footprint in terms of having an EV vehicle that I drive around on the weekends and have a lot of fun with. I'm bending over backwards as we speak to try and make a, another EV my daily driver, which I fully, firmly believe in. But my daily driver at this point is a hybrid. And that being said, um, I really understand as a chemical engineer the type of pollutants I put into atmosphere with my twin turbo setups that are running on regular petrol. Uh, and that's why I run all my cars, including the blue car I posted yesterday, and the minivan, and the wagon, and all of my cars that are still using internal combustion engines, I run all of those on ethanol. And it's been very good. Yeah, Still Cap says that movie was extremely insightful. You know, it's amazing, not as popular as it should be, you know. Romy Bilt says, what are my thoughts on EV and drag racing? I think it's amazing. Do you know, um, I don't know how much I'm able to share, but I have been privy to some information with very popular teams who are out there testing with OEMs on EV drag cars. And the torque is so ridiculous that on this drag strip, people are shredding slicks. You know we've had top few dragsters, right? And just doing great things with them. Imagine using the same compounds, same structure in slicks from all the big manufacturers, Nicky Thompson and Goodyear and, you know, and, and, and Hoosier and literally shredding the, the slicks apart, shredding them at the seams, shredding them at the, at, at, the, at the bias ply. Just the torque is ridiculous. So we can see records drop. We can see amazing things happen. I'm excited about drag racing because that's my route and the EV world and what we can do with that with some fun. The sound is freaking weird. You hear that Mustang that, that Ford put together, and I think AM was part of that, where you hear this launch control. It's like... This is crystals bananas. And yes, you don't have the rumble and the noise you may hear from, from, from the crazy, even my own all-motor cars, but being true all-motor, being electric motors, um, it's just amazing. So as we, we have to improve um, definitely tire compounds and, and construction to have a lot of fun with that. Um, we have to have tracks, not only have a combination of charging capabilities, but also the abilities to be able to douse, God forbid, any challenges with fire, having the right uh, suppression equipment. And above and beyond that, um, prepare to see records drop because it's going to just be amazing what we can do. I feel that 
drag racing is very critical for EV development because it can focus a lot on battery technology, especially on the power dense side. And being able to have hot swap battery applications can be just absolutely amazing. So I look forward to it. Don't be surprised if I end up putting out a drag vehicle very soon that is purely EV. Always for betting is saying crazy. I remember reading about you back in the day with Super Street. Yeah, back there in Super Street, I was all about inline four, small displacement, high RPM, natural aspirated engines, um, using efficiency as, as key, even playing with alcohol fuels back then, and doing things with side drive carburetors and finally stage injection, all that fun stuff. And then thanks to Reggie Wynn from Terminetics, bad influence. And, and also, um, our good friend, um, Jonathan Wong, who was editor-in-chief of Super Street, we were able to, you know, transition a little bit to turbocharging and do so much there and then do a lot of great things. And I remember getting to that, a lot of people attacked me then about going boost and turbocharging small engines and the kind of power we were able to, you know, to, to achieve. And then when I did my Porsche, people said, why are you doing it to a Porsche? And then people started copying not only the single cam stuff, but also the Porsche stuff. And now the, you know, the, the EV stuff is now back there again. It's like we're now doing something that is extraordinary and people are starting to like, oh, why would you do that, which is crazy. And, uh, you know, in due time, it'll come full circle, which is great. Do you think that EV cars will come to rally and what will be the benefits? Well, already there's some teams who have built all-wheel drive rally setups. And there have been seasoned racers. And if you do on YouTube, you can see some of those. They sound really crazy. Seasoned drivers are going to these cars and like, oh my God, this is just perfect. So I see Rally once again, having opportunity where records will be broken, having opportunity where power management will become key, tuning will become even more critical, and above and beyond that, battery systems will have to be improved significantly to allow for much longer range and for hot swap opportunities. And when I say hot swap, the ability to remove batteries and put in very quickly. And uh, that would be very good. So... Heard a gallium nitride could be better than lithium. Have you experimented with different types of batteries for more power? Um, yes, Mark and Co. I have had the opportunity to play around with things that are commercially available um, from the OEMs, uh, repurposed batteries from hybrids, repurposed batteries from pure EVs, batteries from other manufacturers. I'm even playing with things as we speak. And I've always had affinity for the more power-dense and energy-dense batteries. And once again, energy-dense meaning batteries that are set up for a very long range and typically don't have very high discharge capabilities where you can pull a bunch of current from them. Um, by doing that, you can put the batteries in a situation where you can have thermal runaway or some cells that can be quite unhappy with you. Oh, thank you so much, um, The Doors Horse. Appreciate the kind words on the Blink Partnership. Um, and then power density where many times you don't have crazy range, but man, you can pull 8 to 10 C out of these things. Um, you can pull a lot of amps from it and just accelerate like there's no tomorrow. And that's what that's where I find appeal. I just love that. Hello, Ralph, sir. Thank you for joining. For those of you who don't know Ralph, um, he was he's just been a bad influence on me. So we guys see that crazy Viper I have? Ralph gave me the opportunity to explore his 5th Gen Viper, um, which is the <laughs> known as Storm. And I fell in love with Vipers ever since. And oh, should I say this in front of Ralph? I wouldn't mind building an EV Viper sometime soon. But he was, um, when FCA existed as an entity, he was the head of global design, now Stellantis. And he, as far as I'm concerned, is the number two person in Stellantis. When you think of that company, the, 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 the Chrysler Group with, with Fiat and, and Peugeot and Seat and all these other companies, he is, in my opinion, the number two go-to guy. 
and just a talented individual who's amazing and a brother to me and just someone who is just, I'm honored to know and be part of, which is great, you know? Louis Octane Oliver says, imagine hotspot by robot. Yes, that would be crazy, right? Hmm, that gives me some ideas, which is pretty good, you know? Super condensers might be a solution for crazy. I'm drawing from EBV dragsters. Yes, super condensers, super capacitors. There's so many opportunities. Um, but I, I really look forward to a day where we can eat our cake and have it too, meaning that we can have the opportunity to have power and energy gen setups, which would be great. But once again, I don't see petrol going away completely. Um, I don't see it going the way of the horse and carriage. But I feel that, um, you know, and I could be speaking out of my mouth, side of my mouth here, but... I think government's going to get involved and it may get to a point where it becomes so expensive to register <laughs> petrol cars. They just make it so expensive to do it that petrol cars may end up being toys of the rich or wealthy and uh, EVs would be around a lot. But no matter what happens, guys, I love speed. I love performance. And long story short, I will continue to push the envelope when it comes to performance EVs. And um, even though I may have internally built my last petrol car, I still service and work with my petrol friends and customers. I, you know, I have a twin turbo 911 in-house now that we're working on. I have a Civic, a sport front-wheel drive that's in-house now that's petrol-based as well. I have an ICE CRX coming in soon. Um, I have a client who's sending me the new um, Veloster N with DCT to play around with. So that's pretty good. Um, Pickle Dog, you must be very psychic. He said, what are my thoughts on fuel cell EVs? I think they're pretty cool. One thing about fuel cells are that I don't see them, once again, in the performance arena. But even last night, I was drawing up plans on using fuel cell technology, hydrogen being the cell itself, to generate electricity for a performance opportunity. And thinking of those as well as maybe combining it with an opportunity for range extension um, on, on performance EVs. So... Um, it's still in really the drawing stages now. Literally last night I was putting pen to pen, you know, pencil to paper and trying to see what I can do to use hydrogen as a means of, of, of helping with EVs in a performance arena. But we'll see what happens, you know. Have you seen that Porsche setting up an alternative fuel plant? Um, no, I haven't seen that. In South America, no, I haven't seen that, but I'm not surprised. Super cool that you just work on everything and make them faster. Thank you, one vintage O2. Think of me as the Jay Leno of performance. I'm not marquee specific. I love Porsches. I was talking to a guy from Hyundai today. I love Hondas. I love Nissans. I love Teslas. I love, wow, Lotus vehicles. I mean, Volkswagens. You see, I, I just love cars. The one thing in particular that I find significant appeal for is to go fast and efficient and reliable. May not be the cheapest way to do things, but I really do enjoy what I do indeed. Thank you so much. End of the last Terra one for the kind words. Appreciate indeed. Um, Daniel Karma, I'm sorry. I get so many questions as I'm speaking. Please re-ask me again. Hopefully I can get to it. Yeah, I just like to go fast, you know. Nolan Verrett says, did you ever think of a career in another industry? And that's a very good question. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Nolan, I started out as a chemical engineering student while I was drag racing cars as a hobby. Then when I graduated from school, I got into the pharmaceutical research sector. Then from pharmaceutical research, I got into pharmaceutical sales and marketing. And then after doing that, so I was really a pharma guy. And after that, I ended up getting into fully automotive. So um, I have lived life in corporate. I have lived life as a chemical engineer doing other things. 
I know that in my final year of university, I had the opportunity to perform an internship um, for the um, uh, in a refinery, and I knew that that was a really a common pathway for a lot of chemical engineers. And after spending a you know some weeks at at Mobile and Arco, I didn't think that's what I wanted to do. Um, I love design aspects, so I think part of my senior design was uh, designing a. Uh, um, uh, uh, fuel desulfurization plant, which was great. But for me to sit in a room looking at gauges all day wasn't my, my idea of fun. So pharmaceutical research was something that was constantly going. We constantly use our gray matter. We're constantly involving ourselves in different processes. I did a lot of high-performance liquid chromatography, which is a clever way of saying we did a lot of QC and uh, um, uh, uh, qualitative analysis, QA and QC. So that being said, um, just but on the weekends and evenings, I was all about that race life, which is great. So I used a lot of my inquisitive nature to get into, you know, performance racing, which is good. Um, thank you, Ricky, Unfiltered Brother. Hello, Falcon Lover Zach. Thank you so much. Um, yes, Car Geek is right. I'm an engineer, a singer. <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> but um, so I've lived a different life. I've done other things. And um, that being said, nowadays, um, the car stuff is just fantastic because every day is different at Bicimoto. Um, we have all these projects that are very unique and projects that are very, you know, clever. And I really wish I could share with you guys what I'm doing here on set because every day here is just, just as I imagined, just as amazing as I would like, which is pretty fantastic, you know. And it's been great. Thank you so much indeed. Hello, Andre Andre. Oh, South Africa is in the house. Oh, South America in the house. Good seeing you indeed. Um, hello, Bayou2020. Thank you so much. Um, Uh-oh, Matteo Brian. My... I'm not baller like you, sir. I don't know if I can afford your beautiful BBSs. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, let's see. Would you continue your adventures with KS with your future retro-inspired bills? Um, when you mean KS, who do you speak of? Please share. Thank you for the answer. I'm a Mac E engineer, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to pursue. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. We need more creative engineers. Appreciate that indeed. Hello, folks from Germany. Appreciate that. Drifter, thank you for my kind words. Well, guys, I have to go back to set. So I was, I was very happy to spend this time with each and every one of you. I will keep this on IGTV indefinitely. I will have some excerpts of this placed on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed, please leave after this and go to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and a notification bell. I put a lot of cool videos up there, which is pretty amazing. And for those of you listening to me on the podcast networks, I appreciate all of you, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and the, and the like, where whether you're listening to me jogging, working out, uh, on the loo, <laughs> whatever the case may be, I appreciate each and every one of you. So guys, have a good afternoon. Look forward to seeing you next week, and please stay safe. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.